Welcome to the Clovis Sports Report podcast, episode five, and we got a big one today. I'm, my name is Paul Meaders. I'm here with Austin Kemp. Austin, what's going on over there? Oh man, we're uh, we're doing good. We are doing this via Zoom tonight, so it's a yeah. little weird not being in person. But <laughs> you know what? I think it's I think it's working out all right. Yeah, I think so. And the reason why we're excited is because we have our first legend player interview. Uh, our last couple of episodes, we had Coach Rich Hammond of, of the Clovis High Cougars, but we have a legend in this, not only in Central Valley, but in the track as well and, and statewide. You know, people know this guy. We got Kendall Brock, 2010 mm-hmm. graduate of Clovis West, Valley champion, All State, University of Nevada. He's a coach right now. So, yeah, I mean, this is for, for our first like player legend guest. I don't know if you could get much better than this guy. No, honestly, and like I kind of like I played against Kendall from the elementary football carnival in sixth grade to <laughs> junior high school, Kasner versus Alta Sierra, and through high school. And I, I've always thought that Kendall Brock was or is one of the best players to kind of ever come through this section for football. So he's my age, we're the same graduating class. And yeah, when we when we were throwing out podcast guest ideas, I was super pumped to kind of get Kendall on this early in the process of it. Yeah. When we went back and watched some of his YouTube highlights, um, I was just reminded of how good this guy was. I mean, his cutbacks, his vision, he didn't have like that top line speed. Right. But everything else about his game was, was just incredible. I think he scored 40 touchdowns his senior year. And you just, you just talk about a stud that anytime you give him the ball, I mean, he's got, he's got a chance to go, but on, when you watch a player like Kendall up close, what, I mean, what, what, did, what did you see out there? Or what, what did some of the coaches say about I mean, him? As well? I don't know. I just thought like his feet in the hole were, was, was always super good. And he was such a competitor. I just remember him tackling him and like, I don't know, he's my height. And we talked about this <laughs> yeah. in, the, uh, in the actual interview, like he's my height. We're not so super, super tall, but he was so thick, like his lower body. And when you, when you got hit by him or when you were trying to hit him, like you felt it. Um, yeah. again, just, he's, he's <laughs> one of the best running backs to come through the section. And we, uh, we get into him and that loaded 2010 team in this, in this interview. Yeah. So not only was he a, a stuff football player too, but I mean, what a guy, his, yeah. his stories are fantastic. And, uh, you know, for, for somebody to have such a legacy, just to be such a cool guy and, and humble, but, but um, and, and just to rip off some of these great stories and give us some insight. And they, th- that's the type of content that we wanted with this podcast. And right. um, yeah, I, I think if we could get, you know, people like Kendall on the podcast and, and hear some of these great stories of the past, I think I think that's what people are tuning in for, don't you think? Yeah. And, and when, when we're talking to Kendall and for those of you who don't know him personally, like he is such a great dude. Um, He's super energetic about central section sports. He knows the history. He grew up in Clovis going to all the games and uh, you can definitely see that, or you'll be able to hear that in this interview because um, he's definitely a special, a special player and a really good dude as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to um, just thank you guys out there for listening to the podcast. Uh, We've got some great responses so far, some great feedback from you guys out there and, uh, if you guys have subscribed already, we thank you for that. If you downloaded the show, but if you haven't yet, just go ahead and subscribe to it. And those podcasts will pop right up right now. We're, we're posting them on, on Monday, actually kind of late Sunday night. So when you wake up Monday, the podcast should be in your phone. When you wake up today. Um, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. yeah, very true. We wake up today. Good call. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you guys for doing that. Uh, Apple podcasts. We're on Spotify too. And, and uh, I've actually been putting the podcast on the website, on the Clovis Sports Report website. So um, you could find it there, too. And, and I know not everybody's familiar with how podcasts work, but you guys can point to our website uh, to other people that might not be too familiar with podcasts. And they could listen a couple clicks away and they could listen to the podcast right there. So, yeah, Austin, without further ado, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. All right. Yeah, let's shoot it over to Kendall Brock. All right, we're we're super excited here, uh, Clovis Sports Report podcast. We have Clovis West legend Kendall Brock. I'm I'm going to read some some introductory uh, stats and different things about about Kendall right here. So, all 
All right, just hold it. This might, I mean, this could take seven minutes of the podcast right now, but you know, uh, I can we'll give the condensed just, version. Yeah, I'd give you the condensed version. All right, so you'll hold 14 school records at Clovis West, including 4,918 yards rushing, 62 career touchdowns. Were you two behind McKay on that? Did McKay get you by two? Uh, yeah, McKay's uh, got me, 64? I think, in total touchdowns by a few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at that time, you were the, the, leading tra- uh, the leading rusher in track history, two time Valley champion. 08 and 10, 2010 school record, uh, 2,329 yards, 9.2 yards per carry, 40 TDs, 12-1 record, 15th in the state, Valley champion, 2010 Fresno B player of the year, all state, four years at Nevada, kick returner, receiver, running back, including junior year, 812 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns. Currently at Ventura College as the running backs coach, uh, game planning too on the offensive end, right? Um, I'm no longer there. I'm a free agent in the coaching world, but uh, yeah. Okay. And um, before that, you were at Willamette University in in Oregon, and you were offensive coordinator at Spanish Springs High School in Reno, Nevada for a season. So, you know, when I read all that stuff, what stands out the most to you? Um, I'm a football guy, really. I don't have too many hobbies other than uh, watching football or game planning for football or talking football with my friends. Um, come from a football family, long lineage of, of coaches and players. Um, and that kind of attributed to, to all my success, whether I was playing and coaching. So like I said, it's just, it boils down to just being a football guy, 24, seven, three, six, five. You got to have one hobby. I mean, you're, you're watching um, football, you're right game planning or do you uh, hunt or anything like that come on no no my friends they always try to get me to do it um i got some down home you know good boyfriends i actually just started golfing back in june um so i mean that's as close as it gets to a hobby for me i'm not very good uh but i got all the gear (laughs) i'm inspector gadget of golf so (laughs) same same Yeah. yeah terrible so you know thinking about clovis west and those Mm-hmm. those glory days back then, sure. you know, your, your name's kind of synonymous with, with McKay Christensen. Well, we met, we already mentioned him, but you know, you're, you're named after him. Your middle name is McKay. Yeah. Uh, your, your dad, your dad is a coach as well. And did you, how, how is your game similar to McKay and how is it different? Cause I'm sure you get those uh, comparisons all the time, but you know, there's obviously some differences between you two. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, we were, both kind of tailbacks. Um, he was, you know, far more athletic than I was, um, but uh, had the ability to run away from people and played in the same system. You know, he was in the, the Randy Blankenship wing tee and I was in the Mike Parsons wing tee. So it was a little bit different, um, but just, you know, explosiveness, uh, lateral, lateral ability. And then when you get in the open, you know, not getting ran down is, you know, half the battle playing tailback. So, um, but, you know, McKay went on to do fantastic things as both a football player and a baseball player. And, um, I remember stories of McKay Christensen, you know, before he'd go out and run for 300, 400 yards in a game, he'd sing the national anthem. You know, I was like, well, somebody hand me a microphone. We'll get this show rolling. <laughs> you know, Kendall, um, we yeah. both are not really the biggest, uh, I would say tallest guys out there. Right. Uh, we were both probably like what, five, nine in high school, probably running around out there, but you were pretty yes. much built like a truck. What were you five, nine, maybe 190 pounds carrying the wall? Yeah, my senior year is probably uh, I always say five eight three quarters. We'll give it we'll give it a, a generous five <laughs> nine. And then um, just the strength and conditioning program over at Clovis West. Uh, it was pretty intense back in the day, and yeah. they had a, a pretty sweet nutrition aspect. So I was rolling around uh, one eighty five on a light day, and then if you know if I got a little heavier, you know later in the season one ninety. Uh, like, yeah, and like, your 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 vision and your feet kind of in the hole were were I thought was just like next level. Uh, when you were in high school, kind of talk about like your mentality when you were running the football. It's kind of what you wanted to accomplish each each run, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. To uh, the big thing for me was just to stay patient. You know, the offense we were running, um, we were an up tempo, fast paced team. But you know, just because you're a fast paced team, when that ball snapped, you can go slower. You can let blocks develop, and then kind of put your foot on the gas. And our coach, uh, tailbacks coach at Clovis West, Bobby Cowings, um, his his slogan was "Slow too fast through." You know, let things develop. And then when you see that crease really turn on, you know, turn on the gas. And um, that was, that was my thing was just to be patient, run hard, and then also be smart. Cause you know, in the wing tee, I was getting 30, 40 carries a game. So mm-hmm. just being smart and not taking too many crushing shots and 
try to take glance shots and, you know, even run out of bounds if you need to sometimes to save yourself, just being smarter. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you have the ball in your hand, make plays, but, you know, not try to hit a home run every time per se. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned kind of briefly your weight room program and kind of nutrition program at Clovis West when you were in high school. And sometimes I, uh, I scavenge the message boards on send Cal preps. And I always see people yep. reference <laughs> strength coach in that 2010 Clovis West team was next level. Can you uh, give us some insight about what that was like? Um, yeah, it was the late, great Steve Sabonia. He just passed away this last year um, and he brought in functional mobility. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do lifts that are more applicable to the field. You know, we're not going to just sit here and, and bench press 300 pounds and this and that. It was, um, you know, can you, can you move? Can you be flexible? Can you take shots throughout the game and last? And then obviously a huge con- uh, emphasis was on conditioning. We ran so, so much. I mean, I think we might've been the best conditioned team in the Valley that year we won the championship because um, we could play the whole game, you know? Um, and then the nutrition aspect, they were pumping us full of chocolate milk and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches after every workout. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm going to be 200 pounds here shortly. Um, so um, it was all lined up good. I mean, there was, I think coach Sabonia worked with Fresno state for many years. So just his knowledge and experience and um, and strength conditioning really carried over and helped us out a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're a, you're a Kasner kid, right? You're Clovis West oh, yeah. through and through. Yep. So were you ever a ball boy? Do you remember some times like when you were younger down on the field or? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, when my brother, uh, my brother played at Clovis West in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I was the, I had many roles. I was the T boy. Uh, you know, after they kick off, I run out there and grab it. Uh, I was the water boy a couple of times. I actually got fired as the water boy uh, in 2000. You know, call timeout. Uh, Randy Blankship calls timeout. Everybody runs out there. I run out there, and I have a binder full of Pokemon cards and a uh, a big Mountain Dew in my other hand. I didn't bring the water out to the guys, so that was my last time uh, ever serving as the water boy at Clovis West. So, so you know what? I think we'll just turn our attention to playing and not the uh, the water boy anymore. <laughs> when, when did you find out that that was your your last time to coach? You know, say uh, after the game. Hey, you know what? You're I, I just had a funny feeling, you know, when you when it's so when you're the water boy and you bring out Pokemons and Mountain Dew, and yeah, you're just happy to be around the guys. You kind of forget your job, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, I think I'm done here. So that's when I actually got demoted to the T boy. So you, know, you run you run out there as fast as you can. You pick it up and hustle back. And how fast was it? Anybody time me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you you made you're on varsity in '08. Mm-hmm. Um, who are some of the who are the, some of the studs when you guys won Valley? Who are some of the studs on that? What do you remember about oh. that team? Oh, wow. That was a special group of guys. Um, first of all, that was Gary Joe Kinney's first and only year at Clovis West. He came from Texas. Um, he brought the spread back to the spread offense back to Clovis West, did a fantastic job. And when I got pulled up, it was the who's who of Division One football players. You were looking at um, Jeff Toole was there, uh, Travis mm-hmm. Brown, Nate Fellner, Anthony Elliott was playing linebacker, uh, had a really experienced core of offensive linemen. And um, they gave me the call up in week two or three of that season. And okay. I was just happy to be there. And I'd look over to Jeff Tool and be like, uh, I don't know what play it is. Just tell me where to stand and what to do. Um, so that was just a just a huge opportunity to be around some fantastic coaches and, and players at a really young age. What and, was it uh, kind of like? Like you win Valley in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2009, you guys were like, okay. And then 2010, yeah. you win Valley. You, it was uh, three different uh, head coaches, right? Yeah. Yes. There's Yeah, there's what, four what, in my time there. What was like? Yeah, what was that? Uh, you pretty much played for a new head coach every single year of varsity football. What was that kind of like? Uh, interesting to say the least, um, because <laughs> each coach had a different philosophy, a uh, different approach yeah. to the weight room, a different approach to what we're going to do on offense, what we're going to do on defense. Um, so with Gary Joe, I was just happy to be there. You know, I was the young kid, 16 years old, featured tailback in a, you know, a storied program in Clovis West, win the championship, roll into 2009. Um, Kobe Lindsay is the interim head coach. And I think that group, we kind of just felt like we had arrived. Um, and then it ended up going five and six. I think might have been the wor- one of the worst years in Clovis West football. Um, and then they go on a national search and hire Mike Parsons from Modesto Christian. He brings in the wing T. He brings in the 3-3 stack on defense. Um, and we were just a special group of kids, kind of like you, Austin, with, you know, Buchanan baseball. You guys kind of – it was kind of written in the stars that you guys are going to win a national championship. Well, you know, for us, that senior group – um, we always joke with Parsons. Yeah, we didn't matter who got hired. I think we were going to win the whole thing. Um, but it was just a special group of kids uh, who had played football for a really, really long time together, really cared about each other. And I think that's kind of what led to winning that second Valley championship. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, we're definitely going to get into that season. But uh, I, I had a great conversation with one of your coaches last night, Coach Matt Armstrong. I, I've been right friends on. with Matt for a while. Yeah, we're, we're both oh, Emmanuel yeah. guys. He was at Emmanuel for a while. I'm Emmanuel grad. But he tells mm-hmm. his story, and I want to know if you can confirm it. All right, so Stockdale playoff game. Yep. Your, pun, your punter's <laughs> sick, right? Your punter's yeah. sick. Yeah. So you go up to somebody, I don't know if it's coach Armstrong or one of the coaches said, Hey, I'm, I'm the best punter on the team. And you go out and you blow out an 80 yard punt, pin him at the five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I had a, I had a different approach to punting. Uh, we kind of were just like the <laughs> traditional sit back there and, you know, and wing it. And I, I was kind of a rugby style kicker. I played soccer until uh, my freshman year of high school. So I knew I could do it. Um, I, I was also kind of had the foresight to think, say, well, one of these days I might have to pull up and throw one of these or I can take off running. <laughs> so I kind of just roll out to my right. And you know, if, if somebody's there, I kind of would kick it. And then uh, I just launched the first one. And I, it almost broke a school record, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, <laughs> I didn't anticipate it going that far. So, like, you know, you punt it and then the, the guy from the defense rolls up and he kind of – he's got to, like, cover you down the field. And he's like, dang, is it still rolling? I'm like, yeah, it's still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> So that ended up uh, working out for us pretty good because there's kind of a, it goes down in Clovis West history. There's like a, a fake punt in the Valley championship in 2010 that goes down in, you know, lower of Clovis West. So it led to that. Yeah. You were yeah. a triple threat option from the, from the punting position where you Yeah. I mean, Jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none type guy. So we continue to talk about that, that 2010 team you mentioned, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, Obviously, you're not going to just roll the ball out and win games, but um, right. you know the, you were just you guys were just loaded that year. When did when did you guys know that this was this was like going to be a truly special team? Did you know like eighth um, grade, or I mean, with that class, mm, or was there a certain time during that year where like no one's going to beat us? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, it wasn't till we got into high school that we actually started playing well. I mean, we had never beaten Alta Sierra or Buchanan in anything until 2010. And, and, then, we, we, and then you beat us by 50 plus. Hey, it was a lot of years coming. I mean, we were tired <laughs> of losing you guys, but uh, I mean, at Kasner, we were, we were, you know, eight and two, seven and three type teams. And then in our freshman year, I think there was like a three-way tie for the conference championship. And then it really didn't hit until the end of uh, our junior season. You know, when you're in summer strength conditioning and you look around like, you know, we got some pretty good players here. You know, we all really, we care about each other. Um, it was our, it was our team, you know, not necessarily the coach's team. So you just, you just play for one another and everybody do their one eleventh. Um, and you know, the chips kind of fall where they may, and, and it ended up being a pretty good year for us going 12 and one or 13 and one. You know, what play from 2010, I just like have nightmares about, but I love watching it. it is, I don't know what you guys called it, but the double handoff, the, I, that was yep, kind of like uh, a counter. You guys, yeah, ran, I think, against us like five times, and I think it went for four plus yards every single time. Um, you know, and that was uh, – so our big play was buck sweep. It's kind of a sweet play where both guards pull, and that, that was fed to me probably 25, 30 times a game. Um, and the counter off that is what we call joker right, joker left. And um, we had a serviceable tailback. Hunter Burns was the other wing in the, in the wing tee. And, you know, you hammer that buck sweep, you know, 15, 20 times in a row, and you hand that reverse off. Uh, it goes a long way. And oh, I can yeah. still remember – I remember times watching where, you know, I'd get the ball and I'd, I'd hand it off to Hunter underneath me, and I'd just see the linebackers flying with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, this thing's going – this is going to go a ways. You guys, had a, you guys had one of them against Buchanan in 2010. You go back and watch the film, like the back – the, the backside linebacker on the initial jet, he literally goes to the other hash mark, I think, and the other guy's running oh, yeah. the other way with the ball. It's just like, I don't my, know. my man was taking off trying to make the play, you know. <laughs> he was trying to. So, just he, uh, he had forgot that we had the counter that comes back the other way. So, yeah, that, that's that joker play. And, uh, coach, like I said, Coach Parsons, just a, you know, just a guru in football and a wing tee kind of, I say genius. He won't accept it. But um, that offense was really special and fun and fun to be a part of. Um, you want to kind of get into that Valley championship game against Bakersfield in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, you had that infamous punt formation <laughs> pass for the first it's down. Very then interesting. Your touch, then your touchdown <laughs> that yielded kind of, kind of get into uh, that game and kind of those moments. Yeah. Well, we started out really slow. Um, all year our offense had been rolling and until the semifinal game against Clovis, I think we were averaging like 40 plus points a game and, we had to rally to beat Clovis in the semifinals. I think we only scored uh, 19 or 19, 20 points in yeah. that. Yeah. 
Then we roll into uh, the Valley Champs against Bakersfield, and that triple option is just hammering us down the field. And then um, I think we had one possession in the first quarter. It was a three and out. Um, and then we uh, we go down and stop them. Four plays and a goal line stand. That's where the momentum shifted. And then uh, we got rolling and threw a deep touchdown pass um, to take the lead, I want to say. And then, you know, that fake punt where there was only 10 guys on the field. And uh, I can't confirm or deny if there were seven or six guys on the line of scrimmage. Um, <laughs> all I know is that there was no flags thrown. Uh, I, com- I completed the one and only pass attempt in my career. And I think I scored on the next play to, to ice it. So, um, the, well, I will give a quick shout out. No free shout outs to the defense and John, and John Winston and Donovan Lewis. But um, I think they only gave up like 10 yards of offense in the second half. So just a, a complete shutdown in the second half. And that led to putting some rings on our fingers. So so was that fake punt? Was that, like you said, on your 80 something yard punt? Was that like you had an option to do something or and you just saw your guy open? You just let him a little bit? So on the, on that rugby style punt, I always had the option to kind of take off and run if they didn't have a guy coming up to kind of force a kick or a, an edge player, and usually they did. Um, so against Bakersfield, they like to blitz a lot, or they would like to, you know, just peel off with our punt team. So we're like, well, we're going to kind of leak out the tight end right here and just dump it off, and he'll run right behind him, and that's how it went down. Um, yeah, like I said, I can't confirm or deny if there were six or seven guys on the line of scrimmage, but yeah, it worked out for us. Yeah, well, that, that wouldn't have been your fault. Um, I'm, you know, typically, the punter is supposed to count, uh, but you know, if you're a running back, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm pretty exactly. nervous here. I'm about to throw a ball. I forgot to count. <laughs> you know, we talked about uh, you know you're a Columbus Unified guy. You went you went Lincoln, right, or were you Nelson? Yeah, I started at Pinedale and then I moved over to Lincoln in fourth grade. You went Lincoln, Kasner, Columbus West. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, it still kind of is like that now, but there's, I feel like there's a lot more transfers, but kind of back then you pretty much played against the same guys. I feel like for oh. what, six, six to eight years going yeah. through close unified schools, um, mm-hmm. who were kind of the, some of the dudes, um, on defenses that maybe were the toughest guys to go against, um, from maybe elementary school all the way to high school that you kind of just kind of stick out to you. So I can, I can't name specific defense or offensive players, but I can remember at mm-hmm. a young age, um, Seth Miranda, uh, <laughs> Alec, Mech- Alec Mechikoff, um, John Winston over at, at Fort Washington was a great football player and one of my good friends till this day. Um, and then as we kind of got going, you know, it's from cat or excuse me, from elementary to middle school, it, it was kind of the same guys. You know, like, right. Man, these guys are going <laughs> to be tough to play against as we get going here. Um, and then, and then, you know, Clovis North opened up and kind of saturated out that Buchanan, um, the, the, the talent pool. And I mean, worked out for a lot of people, um, but the, it was still the same guys. And then as you got going into high school, uh, you know, you see more and more guys getting recruited and you're like, Oh, this guy's going, you know, this guy's going to Arizona or this guy's going here. And then you're like, damn, this guy's going to be a, a tough, you know, a tough night out. Um, but those were just some of the, the cats I can remember from a young age that, whether it was, you know, baseball or wrestling or basketball, these guys were on the top of their game and everything, you know, so. I, I got another, another story uh, from a coach about what you would do in practice. Apparently you were, you were working on some pass catching and you would yeah. literally tip the ball to yourself on a wide open play. You tip it to yourself and you come down with it and you'd say, Hey, you never know when that's going to happen in a game. Yeah, it's all about preparation, uh, and that's kind of how I am till this day when I'm coaching is just situations um, that you might know that might come up in a game. How are you going to be able to react to it? And I would just do stuff like that all the time. Um, obviously, you want to catch it the first time, you know, see it all the way in, tuck it away. It's like, well, I can I can already do that. Let's try something different, you know, so that kind of situation. And I'll tell a quick story. We're getting ready to play. Um, we're getting ready to play Bakersfield in that Valley Championship game. You know, offense is down at one side of the field. Defense is down at the other side of the field. And I am, I'm at neither. I'm on the other half of the field uh, kicking field goals. And people are screaming for me. They come, get over here. We're going to need you to run the <laughs> offense. I'm like, you never know when you're going to need me to kick <laughs> one of these field goals. You know, so uh, the, the story lives on. My running backs coach was so mad. I, he, I like put up the fingers like one second and just, you know, <laughs> threaded a 30-yard field goal and then ran back over there. So you, you never know. Before we uh, move on to more of your uh, college stuff, um, sure. everyone who kind of listens to this podcast or our stuff, they know I'm like a big, um, uniform guy. Like, I just right. love, I love football uniforms. And I feel like Me Close too. Class, they change their look like every year. It feels like 
What yeah. is the best Clovis West football look? Because I think you had like three different helmets and three different uniforms yeah. when you were playing. So I can I can name quite a few actually. I've been a lifelong Clovis West fan. I went to my first game in like '97. Um, um, so I'm always going to start with there's two helmets that are just undefeated in Clovis West history, and the first one's going to be that '90s Michigan look. It's a classic look. Um, we did it when I was a junior, and I thought it looked fantastic. And then you're going to get the Jim Hardigan era with the old Philadelphia Eagle wings on the helmet uh, with the white face mask, Cardinal mm-hmm. helmet with the white and, and gold wings, just a sharp look. Um, and then we had the, I don't know if anybody's just a uniform guy like me, but we had the same uniforms as Miami <laughs> had when they had like um, Ed Reed and Willis McGate. Yeah, and they had the really piping stuff on the jersey. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the Cardinal uniform with the white pants and then you get the white socks and you're spatted up white with the black cleats and, you got your towel hanging out. You look fast, even if you're slow. So that's what, that was a good look for me. Um, and then obviously the the ones that we wore when I was a senior, the, the USC look is – it's as clean as it gets. Uh, if you're a USC fan or not, it just looks sharp. Uh, but nowadays, I don't really know what they're wearing. Uh, I know they're back to the Michigan helmets. Um, but they've had some – you know they've had some bad looks recently right but, right but you know what uh, you know, know. What look i kind of like you wore i think it was, a, it was the it was the look you guys wore in eighth grade it was like the gold uniforms oh yeah yeah those the all gold was a good look that was uh those were hand-me-downs from like my brother's team in the early 2000s honestly kind of love those that's a really sharp look uh they were super baggy on us it was it was bad but uh the gold looked good and we we even had like the philadelphia eagle wing helmets then too mm-hmm. so it looked sharp yeah. yeah. Well, I, I now okay. So you two guys can probably have an hour podcast on <laughs> high school uniforms. Now there, Definitely. there we go. There's, there's your uniform podcast partner right there, Austin. <laughs> yeah. You and Kendall Brock. You guys could take that over. Good. That's, a new, segment, right? That's a new I, segment. That's a new segment. I'll call in every week. <laughs> I'm so down to do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, so I did want to talk a little bit about rivalry with with Clovis High like kind of what that game meant and the Range Rider trophy Mm -hmm. and just the pageantry about it and all Clovis week and it it was the last game of of the regular season right for you guys every every year year, right so what what were those games like um well it's huge you know throughout the week um whatever coach is coaching at Clovis West is going to bring in some guys from the past or some coaches from the past who who can give you a little bit more information about some of just the great battles between Clovis High and Clovis West whether it's you know, a regular season game or if they're playing for a Valley Championship. I think there's been three or four Valley Championships between Clovis West, Clovis High. But um, through my time there, um, the rivalry, it wasn't as big. You know, we knew we played for the Range Rider, but a lot of our attention was on Buchanan. But the Range Rider game's huge. Um, you know, the battle between Clovis West, Clovis High is going to be a good one, whether, you you know, one team is 9-0, and the other one's 0-9. You know, both teams are going to come out there and give great effort. And um, I'll, I'll go to my grave telling the story of when we beat them 56-14 to in the regular season my senior year and turn around and play them three yeah. weeks later in the semifinals, and they almost upset us. Um, just it's a game where, you know, tempers are, are high and, and people is on edge and uh, you want to play your best because you know that the alumni is counting on you to bring the, the Range Rider home. So it's a, it's a huge game um, every year. Yeah. And, and thinking about, thinking about your whole career at Clovis West, like mm-hmm. obviously the 2010 team and winning that Valley championship was big, but mm-hmm. what, I mean, what, what do you remember most? Do you remember running out on the field? Do you remember locker rooms before, after games? Oh, yeah. Do you remember, you know, scoring three touchdowns in a certain or five you had that five or six touchdown game what yeah um what the, the biggest most? thing the, the thing I miss most is just the camaraderie being around those guys and seeing them every day um I'm still close with you know four or five of those guys and I see them you know a couple times a month whether they come out here and visit me or I go to Fresno and visit them but being around the guys uh there's something special about just grinding um running out there on that field in the summer and conditioning and getting in the weight room and then coming back later in the evening and working your offense, defense, individual groups, stuff like that. Um, And then obviously the locker rooms is a ton of fun Um, memories that you just won't forget there. And then just sharing the field with those guys. Uh, When I went into the hall of fame this past summer, um, it was special, not only because I had achieved kind of a lifelong dream, but my teammates were also there that night as the 2010 team got inducted. Yeah. I, I told the head coach, I said, I really wouldn't want to be a part of this unless those guys are here with me. And that just made yeah. it so much more special because 
you know, we hadn't been able to make memories in almost a decade. And then just getting back together that night, there was about, I don't know, 30 or 40 of us there that night. And just a blast hanging out with them and telling old war stories and just stuff like that. That's kind of what you miss the most. I was going to tell one more story about uh, Jordan Brown. Um, I don't know if you guys know Jordan Brown, Travis Brown, the younger brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the big thing was like, you know, we'd, we'd come down the ramp at Veterans Memorial and then you go into the Big Eagle or the, whatever your tunnel was and the smoke starts filling up. And uh, I was gone for this for like the last 10 years. He'd be like the first dude out the tunnel, you know, he'd carry this sledgehammer and he would be on a dead sprint down to mini Wawa, right? Like to the <laughs> other end of the field. And the dude, the dude would be, I'm like, damn, we might have to burn a timeout before we kick off my man. You're kidding. Breathe. You know, like he, he would be coming back from mini Wawa as I'm just coming out the tunnel. I'm like, dude, what the hell did you come from? You know, so I, I was going to tell that one. I figured I don't want to bust his balls too hard. I remember the whole recruiting thing in Fresno state. And, you know, why isn't, why isn't Fresno state offering Kendall and all that? <laughs> And all that stuff, right? And so, yeah, you know, just kind of walk us through that. And, and you know, obviously you went to Nevada and had a great career there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're a lifelong Bulldog fan and you went to games yeah. as a kid. So, you know, just kind of walk us through that and what that was like. And Yeah, I mean, it's it's strange. You know, you grow up in Fresno um, and you kind of gravitate, gravitate towards the Bulldogs and you're going to Bulldog Stadium every couple of Saturdays. My grandfather held season tickets a long time, so – um, and then the recruiting process started for me, and it was super slow. Um, you know, I was undersized, not that fast, not that big, not that strong. So I was I was just looking at D3 schools, to be honest with you. My brother played Division three football at, at Willamette, where I worked at for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, started putting up some stats and started getting more and more attention. Schools, you know, mid-majors started to come to see me, San Jose, Eastern Michigan, Nevada. Uh, but Fresno State never really came along, and it, it's, it is what it is. I mean – uh, I probably would have taken visits everywhere, but I fell in love with the city of Reno and the coaching staff and, and the players there. And that that place, um, the day I visited on, on my unofficial, I said, this is the school I'm going to go to if they offer me. And then, you know, like a week later they did. So it was special. Um, and then obviously you get to play Fresno State four times after that. And uh, we beat, <laughs> yeah. them, beat them pretty good my freshman year. And then they had their way with us for the last three. Uh, but it was just so cool to come back, to, you know, to come back to Fresno in 2013 and, and have a big touchdown run there and, you know, take yeah. the lead on them before Derek Carr and those guys ripped yeah. off about 50 points on us. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then, and then my senior night uh, in Reno was against Fresno state and it was another great game. And I got to see a lot of my friends who were playing there. So it was, you know, just another fantastic experience, but like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, you know, I'm, I love the city of Fresno and I, I still watch Fresno state football whenever I get a chance to, but just for recruiting purposes, it wasn't in the cards and I got to go experience another, part of the country with fantastic people and, and play football and get my education paid for. And it yeah. was just an amazing experience. Yeah. So your first few years at Nevada, you're, on a, you're primarily what a punt returner, kick returner guy working in an offense. Um, yeah. So I, I got redshirted uh, my freshman year um, and was on the scout team for one week. And then after that, they burned my red shirt and I was off and running serving primarily as a kick returner. And they would have some, you know, funky package for me to get in there and, take a sweep or, you know, you know, uh, stretch the field vertically in a pass concept. And then um, sophomore year, get moved to receiver. We have just a stable, a tailback. So our running back, Stefan Jefferson, was from El Diamante. Um, hmm. He led the nation in rushing that year. So, I mean, uh, I said, well, however, I can help the team. Let me just get on the field. So I, I was a uh, kind of a backup role and still returning kicks. And they threw me back there to return punts a few times. Um, and then um, – my junior year um, got moved back to tailback, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and led the team in rush. I mean, it was – guys, this was back and forth. I was the ping pong ball. In uh, Division One football, you have, like, meeting rooms and stuff. So, you know, receivers meet here, running backs here. Yeah. Well, I'd start in one meeting. All right, all right, now go over there. So, I'd run down the hallway. All right, what am I miss? Yeah. Write, write that down. All right, go back there. So, I mean, it right, was right. just doing everything to, to help the team and contribute. And then my senior year, I get moved back to receiver. Um, and I'm serving in a backup role again, um, but I, didn't, I ended up breaking the record for kick returns in a career at Nevada. Um, so it, it all worked out. Well, I definitely want to talk about your the 43-yard touchdown run at Fresno State that, yeah. that, uh, that junior year. I think, I think within the first four minutes of the game, right, you busted that out. And I was at that game, and I remember nice. you taking it. Yeah, I was there. I was probably at the 20. 
and I saw you break away. And what, what, I mean, what was that like? What, do you remember the, do you remember the play call? Do you remember the hole? Yeah. Do you remember everything about it? I certainly do. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, it was just a fantastic experience when you're coming down the ramp. And this is when Fresno State broke out those all black uniforms. It was a yeah. sellout. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. It was, the, you know, Fresno State fans, they're barking, they're yelling. You're coming down the ramp, they're booing you. People are like, we remember when you were at Close West. I'm like, boo, they're still booing me. Like, right, whatever. <laughs> you know, so we come down the ramp, we, we get the ball first. And I have like, on the first on the first drive, I had like five carries. You now they're just feeding me. And I'm like, I'm loving this, you know. <laughs> um, so we ran a power play, you know, just like a kick out, guard pull through. And, you know, somebody misfit, and I was like, dang, that hole is huge. So I was just running, <laughs> um, and I was like, man, I hope I don't get ran down. Now you can hear yourself – you hear yourself kind of just breathing as you're running <laughs> down the field. Um, and it was so cool because I was running towards the end zone away from the ramp, and that's where all the Nevada fans were kind of sectioned. And, I'm, you know, I'm up there blowing them kisses, and I, I, I'm hearing the crowd. They're, like, cheering. Like, everybody's cheering. And I'm like, Wow. Like they love me, you know, Fresno loves me. And then like seconds later, it's just the most loud wave of boos I have ever heard in my entire life. Um, I think they were probably booing because we all wanted you to go to Fresno true, State. We we're true. booing that you were doing it for Nevada. That's yeah, why we I don't, were booing. I just thought it was so cool because um, when it, when I was at Nevada, we got moved from the WAC to the Mountain West. So that messed up the schedule. So I only right. had one game at Bulldog Stadium. So I was like, I have to make an impact, you know, so that first drive rip off a big run. And then we were kind of a running backs by committee team that year at Nevada. So I really didn't play that much the rest of the game. Um, but it was, it was cool to have that moment because people are always like, what was, what was your favorite play of your football career? And, you know, I've had, I've had many a, a games and, and scores that I remember, but nothing like coming back to Fresno in front of my family and friends and just ripping off a big run and be like, yeah, you know, I can, I can still do it. You know, I can still play a little bit. You guys just, I'm not here anymore. So yeah. but it was, yeah. It was special and it was fun. And like I said, Derek Carr just beat the brakes off us after that, but it was fun. What did you go? Did you go uh, four bowl? Did you go three or four bowl games when you were in college? We went to three. Um, we went to the Hawaii Bowl my freshman year and lost to Southern Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We went to the New Mexico Bowl my sophomore year and blew a, I got a, I think we blew a 13 point lead in less than two minutes and lost to Arizona. Yeah. Missed, it, missed out on the bowl game my junior year, and then we played in the New Orleans Bowl uh, my senior year against Louisiana Lafayette, and it was a home game for them, and uh, we lost every bowl game. But just going to the bowl games, <laughs> going to the bowl games is such a fun experience because, you know, you get to – you kind of get to hang out with the other team, and you get to go sightsee, and you get to go – you know, you get bowl gifts. It's just a – it's a great experience. And then what, was the, feel, what, was the, what was the best uh, experience of all the bowl games? Uh, I'm gonna say Bourbon Street for my oh, yeah. uh, for the for the New Orleans Bowl. It was and you were a senior, fun. so you could. Uh, I was. Yeah. If you wanted, I if you wanted to say, break the rules, you could. <laughs> I won't say any specifics, but they let us have. They let us out till two in the morning, or the when we landed there, and it was just, uh-huh. it was a grand a grand time. And then you, know, oh, yeah. you got to wake up. <laughs> you got to do a little conditioning uh, in the in the Mercedes Benz Super Bowl or Super Dome the next day, and it was a great time. <laughs> Kendall's saying that as he's a. Uh... Grinning harder now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no specifics, but it was a great time. Yeah. Well, are you a cold weather player? I mean, Nevada. Geez, what what was the what was was? Did you ever get hit in a game? You're like you didn't even feel it. Uh, I feel think your when body. you get hit when it's when it's cold and you get hit, it hurts like way worse. I remember we were playing. Um, and Reno is not even the coldest place I played. We played in a game that was like seven degrees uh, in Colorado Springs against Air Force. And that was a miserable experience. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely a warm weather guy. Uh, the first game I'll tell this, I'll tell a real quick story. We're playing Hawaii. It's on ESPN first ESPN nationally televised game in my career. I'm wearing sleeves. You know, like, okay, I got to look good. Yeah, I got to look, I got to feel warm. So they hand me a sweep. I fumble it. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah, I so I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, we'll get it back. Um, so then it goes to halftime. They're like, all right, we're getting the ball back. Brock returned to kickoff and I dropped the kickoff. And, um, you know, I run over and my coach at my first two years in Nevada, Chris Alt, legendary dude, one of my favorite human beings of all time. Um, he's telling the trainer, give me those scissors. And I'm like, what's he want the scissors for? Comes up and hacks my sleeves off with this, the training scissors. I'm like, man, this guy was not messing around. I didn't fumble the rest of the night, but I mean, I'm definitely a, a warm <laughs> so Chris Chris all blamed the sleeves on those two fumbles, huh? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not your fault. Yeah, he. Uh, no. Yeah, he was. Yeah, definitely the uh, player. I was just trying to look good on the ESPN. Didn't work out for me. <laughs> so your your senior year, though, you mentioned. So I mean, you scored ten touchdowns on the ground your your junior year. So your senior year, another yeah. switch. I mean, how is that like? You know, a story that you like to tell about you know playing a role on a team yeah, or absolutely. overcoming adversity. So what, what, what was that lesson about? Um, it's a lesson. I think a lot of, a lot of younger kids need to hear these days is, you know, sometimes you're just not meant to be the guy. Um, there's role players in every team that you just have to do your job and you're not going to be the headline of the newspaper every game, you know? So when they called me in uh, during training camp to let me know that they had decided to move me back to receive, to receiver, um, yeah. it was not necessarily, you know, the most, you know, I wasn't thrilled, uh, but, yeah. but I was with that, with that program for four years and a lot of those guys for four years. So it was my job to, to adjust and adapt to a new position and help the team however I could. And it didn't matter if I was, you know, a senior and covering kickoffs and, and trying to block punts. And, and, you know, when the starter gets tired, you go in there for two plays and he comes back out there. Your job is to do what the coach asks you to do. Um, and, you know, transferring or any of that stuff there was no transfer portal back then and i wasn't yeah. going to enter the transfer portal anyway yeah uh, because those people in that building meant way too much to me um uh, for me to, to turn my back on them just because i wasn't getting my way so yeah. that's a that's a life lesson that i've told a lot of my players um who are kind of disgruntled about not getting any burn or playing time it's like you know right now we got a guy that we think is better and can carry the load more and my my second coach in nevada always taught told me this he said there's going to be a, a time throughout this season when we're going to need you to make a play. And I don't know when that's going to be, but we're going to need you to do it. Um, and it never, it didn't hit me until, you know, we're back in Colorado Springs and it's seven degrees and the starter gets hurt and I'm out there and I catch a Hail Mary to send us to overtime. So I was like, Oh, he wasn't joking. So yeah. just being out there and um, kind of persevering through that was huge. And it's something I carry with me today till this day and something I tell all the kids I coach. Well, now, now that you've experienced all that and, and you're in coaching, you're, you know, you yourself are a coach. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what advice would you tell high school kids? You know, you see on Twitter now, it's obviously a different game. You, you know, you're 10 years removed from, from all that. You see Twitter, yeah. you see, I got this offer, you know, blessed to receive and all this stuff. And well, I mean, what advice would you give high school players right now about, first of all, like how tough it is to be a division one dude. And then second yeah. of all, just like, how to, how to prepare, you know, mentally for that grind. Mm-hmm. Well, something a lot of the young guys got to understand, and something Mike Parsons told all of us on his first day on the job was, you know, he's like, look, you know, my job is to coach you. My job is not to really get you recruited. Your your play gets you recruited. So he said, just look around the room here. There was like 100 kids on the team. He said, um, half of a percent gets it one on uh, – half a percent gets a full ride football scholarship. He says, we have two guys in the room right now. So we've already doubled that. We've maxed out on that. Um, so – just going back to not everybody is meant to be a division one guy. Um, and I coached division three football and junior college football for a long time. There's nothing wrong with going that route because there's plenty yeah. of ways to get cheaper education and to play good football. Um, and then as, and as far as the whole recruiting process is preparation is everything, you know, you gotta, you can put all the videos on Twitter, you, you know, hitting the floor ladders that you want, but you got to get in that weight room. Um, you got to take care of your body. You got to put in the hours study and film. Um, and then when the lights come on on Friday nights, you got to produce, you know, seven on seven is great. And you know, I think seven on seven is fantastic as an aspiring quarterbacks coach. It's a great way to get your kids ready and to get the receivers running the right routes and get your quarterbacks reads dial in. But uh, Friday night football in central Valley and the track especially is not seven on seven football. You know, you got to be able to bang <laughs> and want to make plays. Um, and I've seen, you know, plenty of times the guys that are, I got this offer. I got that offer. Don't really want to mix yeah. it up on Friday nights. Yeah. So um, just like I said, preparation and then just being all about it. You got to be a football guy uh, because everybody wants to get recruited. But as soon as you show up on day one uh, and you're a true <laughs> freshman and nobody knows you or nobody likes you, um, uh, yeah, you got to you got to produce to build trust with those people in that building. So it's a never ending process. I think recruiting is awesome. You know, I'm, I'm a, a recruiter myself. Um, and I tell the kids, you know, I don't make guarantees, but you're going to come to, you know, my school and you have an opportunity to compete and you got to go from there. You know, the player makes the decisions from there. Right. What do you think, Paul? You want to get to our last one? Yeah. Well, you got any more, uh, any more stories you want to share? 
Kendall, Me? close west yeah. of Nevada or yeah, I mean, uh, what do you think that we didn't we, ask? We can go with a funny one real quick. Uh, yeah, do it. 2007, I'm a freshman on varsity, and um, I got pulled up. Marty Martin was the coach at the time. And we're going down to play Bakersfield at Bakersfield, Griffith, Griffith Stadium for the uh, Valley Championship. And at Clovis West, we're having a big send-off. It's a rally. The band's playing. The cheerleaders are dancing. Everybody's in the stands going crazy. You know, the football team's getting hyped up. Marty Martin's introducing everybody one by one. So then we leave. I mean, and I'll preface, you're supposed to put your bag on the bus before you went to the rally because we're leaving right after the rally. You know, so it's a long way down to Bakersfield. Too. There's no turning around <laughs> to get anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm 15 years old. I'm covering down on kickoff. I'm, like, so I'm excited to play in the Valley Championship. Well, there's a senior starting corner. I'm not going to name any names, but this is classic. My man forgets everything in Fresno. He's, he left his bag. His helmet, his shoulder pads, everything is in Fresno. So they got to start piecemealing their, his gear together. He's got on my helmet. I got a white face mask. He's borrowing people's jerseys. He's borrowing people's <laughs> shoes. I mean, he's got people's – he's got uh, one Nike glove on. He's got one Adidas glove on. And I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> this is the biggest game of your life, my man, and you're not ready to go. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, everybody knows the story. We go down there and and Pete Mitchell from Bakersfield just threads a 30, 35 yard field goal to beat Clovis West as time expires. So that's a life lesson for you young bucks. Make sure you pack your bag and build your man before the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So um, you mentioned kind of our last question here. You're a coaching free agent. Yeah. Um, what's kind of the future look like for you coaching wise? What's kind of your end goal? And would you ever be interested in coaching? I don't know, say at Clovis West one day. Yeah. So, um, so when I got done at Nevada, I started coaching and, and teaching special ed right away. Um, and I quickly found out, I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. So that's when I made the move to, to live in Salem, Oregon. To work on I'm going to chase the, I'm going to chase the college dream for a while here. Mm -hmm. And then that path led me down to Ventura junior college um, where we went and played for a national championship. Um, I learned a ton of football there, uh, but right now I'm, I'm back in credential school. I'm getting my credential and my master's in education. I'm going to try to start teaching here um, at the beginning of fall 2021 if everything goes back to normal and we're not doing yeah. virtual learning. Um, but right now I'm consulting and helping uh, a local high school here in Reno. I'm back in Reno, by the way. I'm, I'm helping a, a team in Reno, helping them out in the weight room. Um, and like I said, I'm just a free agent kind of right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks guy right now. Um, ultimate goal, um, your guys' most recent guest, Rich Hammond, told me something a long time ago. He said, you never want your first head coaching job to be in the track because you're going to go out there and you're going to get <laughs> schemed up. You're going to see some stuff you've never seen and you're going to see some athletes you've never seen. Um, so I think just starting my, my coordinating career at the high school level and a head coaching career here in, in Reno is going to be the move. And then I wouldn't put it past uh, past me to be back in the track probably in the next five years in some capacity. I don't know if it'll be a head coaching role or a coordinator, but at the end of the day, I would love to be back in the track. And obviously, um, as a guy who's in the Hall of Fame at Clovis West and done a lot of good stuff there, I know the tradition, the culture, uh, you know, what needs to be done yeah. in order to win at Clovis West. Um, I wouldn't be against jumping on any other team on the track because there's some some really good football coaches there and some fantastic players in the track and the, in the Central Valley alone. I mean, look at right. Central. Um, I look at Hanford in the past couple of years. My good friend Cameron yeah. Sanchez is there just lighting up the scoreboard every year. Um, so, And then obviously Coach Gola down there in Bakersfield's mm -hmm. got it rolling. So um, I always kind of looked down on the high school game, um, but the more and more I thought about it, I kind of just thought back on the group of guys that I played with and I said well you get it yeah. you can coach those kids to do damn near anything you want and then mm -hmm. you get some buy-in um and you build the program the right way and put an emphasis in the right areas I think you got a shot and that's something I don't know this is probably getting way off topic but that's something I hope to do in the next couple of years <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and that fires me up because yeah. what it sounds like I'm I'm making a prediction that we'll be covering uh, head coach Kendall Brock in about six or six or seven years at one of these Clovis schools. This personal prediction. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did we lose them? I, uh, like I said, I come from right around there. That's, that's, I think you're spot on because I, 
every time I think about being a head coach, I think about I think about Jim Hardigan, uh, the yep. way he did things. Elvis West was the right way. I think about Gary Joe Kinney and the toughness that he instilled in that group of kids. And then I think about Mike Parsons, um, who kind of brought you know love and and playing for each other. And I think about just combining all those. And when I think about that and just having the ability to coach kids and relate to them and and make them really want to play hard, you got a winning recipe. So that's something I want to bring back to the Valley because. Right now, the Valley, Valley football, and I mean, just California in general is hurting for football, but the Valley, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just that old blue-collar mentality of the way things were in the early 2000s, late 90s, and then Austin, you and me, our last, kind of that last generation there yeah. of, uh, of kind of freaking nose to the grindstone football is, is kind of something I want to bring back one day. Yeah, I want to be your, um, if you got hired at Clovis West, I want to be on your staff as a uniform consultant. Absolutely. I'll let you yeah. pick what we wear. I'll Perfect. let you pick the uniforms, the decals on the helmet. Oh, nice. I'm so in. It's going to be – somebody's got – Chip Kelly had, like, the, the women's golf coach doing it. <laughs> yeah. Oregon, so you can kind of fill that role for me if you want to. Yeah, I'm yep, – uh, accepted. Well, I, I, can be your, I can be your ball boy, and I'll run out there with some Pokemon cards running out of – you know, flying out of my pocket and a, a big old bottle <laughs> big, of Mountain yeah. Dew, and I could be a your big guy. Gulp. Yeah, big seven, gulp. Yeah, big gulp of Mountain Dew. Big gulp. And, uh, and before we kind of wrap this up, I kind of want to thank you guys, not only for having me on the pod, but um, just covering Central Valley football and, and Clovis Unified football in general. Because when I was growing up, uh, um, Andy Bogart had that fantastic article mm-hmm. at the end of every right by Christmas yep. of the All-B team and then the, the Valley Player of the Year on the cover. And that's something that when I was a young kid, that's something I aspired to be. And that kind of gave me something to strive for. And it ended up being – I was a two-time uh, BL conference or all Valley guy. And then mm-hmm. the senior year getting that on that front page was something yeah. I do since I was like nine yeah. years old. So um, what you guys are doing for the kids right now and covering them. I know that the PAG meter is kind of the other guy in the Valley doing this, but what you guys are doing for central Valley football and those kids is, is fantastic. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank Thanks you. Kendall. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate that too, but this was, yeah. This was everything that we thought it would be and more, man. This is this is the kind of stuff that we love. We love talking shop. Uh, we love talking about games of the past and, and the little the fun things about the ins and outs of games and, and fun stories for that. So, definitely. yeah, we really appreciate it. Kendall Brock, thanks a lot for being here. Thank you, guys. Love it. Mm-hmm.